on this episode of Team Building Saves the World. One of the more popular virtual events that we have to offer. Canadians like getting drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we've had the the head start because we already do that. It's just a matter of translating that to virtual. And I think we've all done that really well. But how? It's what we do. David was mentioning is what we've done and what we've done for years and what we do best. I know Alex, you know, sent out mixology kits. We sent out gingerbreads. We we sent out gingerbread houses. I still have nightmares about the gingerbread. Yes, yes. Uh, if it is so up and down, if it is such a, I don't know what next week is bringing. How are you guys able to maintain yourselves? We're pretending we're Canadians and drinking a lot. It's me, your old friend, Rich Renansland, host of Team Building Saves the World, the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators of the team building industry from all across the globe, trying to find out what about that industry is so important, especially in the world of today. And today, we're looking into the not-too-distant future and seeing what the holidays have to bring with the sales director of Eventology in Vancouver, British Columbia, Alexandra Pett, the CEO and chief idea sparker for Play With a Purpose, Sharon Fisher, and COO and creator of opportunities for team bonding, Mr. David Goldstein. But first, I need to share some love with my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. But now, team, I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation and welcoming Catalyst North America, Alex Pett, Sharon Fisher, and longtime friend of the show, David Goldstein. Give him some love, everybody. David already knows this, ladies, but that's just a small collection of people I keep trapped under my desk just to applaud you. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming to the show, everyone. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank so, you. just to share a little personal thing for with you guys, this morning, after dropping my daughter off at her job, I went grocery shopping. And while I was there, there was already Halloween treats set up on the, the candy aisle, or as I like to call it, home away from home. So... Already people are looking forward to the holidays. The weather is starting to turn a little cooler, especially, I assume, in B.C., but nowhere like it in Florida, right, Sharon? I mean, you still got to be warm exactly. as well down there. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. We're a solid 34 degree heat today. That's, is that Fahrenheit? You got to remember, we're American. We know nothing. Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> but people's, eyes, <laughs> people's yeah. eyes are starting to look toward the holidays. So what kind of things do we have to offer them? I think the first thing to, 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 is for us to decide and for clients to decide whether they're going to be virtual or in person for the Sure, holidays. sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where it starts. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually, because just in one, this last one week, I have had inquiries for both. So people really don't know, I don't think, where we're going to be yet, and that's the, that's the interesting thing about it. I've had orchestrate in one call, and then I've had quizzes in another virtual quizzes in another so it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes well alex where is canada standing right now as far as the pandemic um we've actually just recently started to see some of the in-person events actually start to cancel again um Uh, for the fall um so we're still i would say 25 percent of our inquiries are in person right now 75 percent are still virtual yeah and some of the ones that have that were going ahead for september have started to fall off again as our numbers start to climb 
and Sharon, play with a purpose is all over the U.S., but you yourself are based out of Florida. What are you seeing? Yeah, we're seeing the exact same thing as Alex. We've lost six events this week, six live events this Mm -hmm. week, because folks are starting to get just starting to get a little bit nervous again. So I, I feel for all those people on that planning side that were so excited and so thrilled and so like wanting to get back to live and we're on that road and now bam now they're having to be right back in the turmoil that we were in exactly one year ago when we were trying to make decisions on which way we were going to go was it going to be safe wasn't it going to be safe so i would suspect that they're probably getting tired of trying to make those decisions and that we will see a lot more virtual for this fall and the holiday season simply because they don't want to plan twice for a third or fifth or 10th time this year. So that's what I, that's what I'm predicting. We'll see. So what kind of offerings do we, do we have for everybody? I mean, what's, what's like one of the more popular virtual events that we have to offer? Canadians like getting drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Mixology is always going to be popular out of the holiday season. To be honest, it's been popular throughout the whole year. So we're, Mm. Busy switching our um switch switching the menu back to being a more winter menu again because yeah it was one of our biggest sellers uh, last last Christmas mm. for sure yeah and one of the things we're doing and I, I I'm sure uh, I'm going to share it with the other Catalyst partners so we're going to kind of do a a guarantee you know book a virtual event we'll switch it over to in person book an in person event we'll switch it over to to mm. virtual ah. whatever you yeah, we just we want to make them feel comfortable that once they've decided they want to work with us we can work with them in person or virtually or where. Is that getting a lot of traction? We have, we're working on it in, in marketing now, but it's, okay. it's, we're developing, we're calling it the, the TB promise just to give them an idea of this is, you know, kind of what you can expect. If you choose a mixology event and you want it virtually, we can do that. If you want it in person, we can do that. Okay. So it, just try to, because everything changes. And it's been changing mm-hmm. so fast. I mean, just yesterday, was I think, was it the governor that made a, a new decision where now we all in the Americas, the U.S. can... No, now they're <laughs> suggesting that we can get booster shots. And they're suggesting booster shots. Where yesterday they did. Now today, all of a sudden, we're good for booster shots. So it changes so fast. And I think we have to be adaptable to our market, to our clients, and to our, you know, to our staff. Plus, you're talking about parents whose kids still even haven't been able to get the first shot. Because, God forbid, a parent gets something that... And if they're either, even if it's lower symptomology for them or no symptomology at all, they can still pass on to their kids. So the threat is still very much there, right? It feels like it's going that way for quite, uh, you know, for a little bit longer. We're hoping, you know, but the question, we just want to make it, we'll have both sets. So last year, right. had in-person and virtual. This year, at least we have virtual to go back to if they don't want to do it in person. Okay. Well, Sharon, let's look back to last yeah. year. Like you said, you were... At this point, struggling with coming up with the plans with the, and laying them into effect fast enough, for, especially for, for, the, for the client's welfare. What did you wind up doing? How did you wind up pivoting so quickly last year to make it work for you? Well, I think like all of us, we very quickly said, you know, we can either furlough everybody and close up like the majority of the world, or we can figure it out. And, um, you know, we're fortunate to be part of this awesome network where we can share ideas and bring new thoughts and concepts. And we have a, if we can't figure something out, we call somebody and say, hey, I need help trying to figure this out. How do we make this work? So 
Um, so obviously a lot of the products came from, you know, partners and all of that sharing. And we built some of our own products, but it was, it did literally go 100%. You know, I don't think we did a, David, I think you did some, but we didn't do a single live event. You know, once, you know, once August hit, we were pretty much done for, and it was all virtual at that point in time. So what about that, David? When was the last time team bonding had to actually close its doors, at least to live events? Well, we were, I mean, we were doing very, very few. I think it, it, at that time we had a chili cook-off in, uh, in Las Vegas uh, in November. But we didn't have, I mean, everything else was pretty much virtual. And then the, the, the main thing about last year was people had all, you know, the, you have your regular things you do for the holidays. You know, we go to this restaurant, we do this event. You know, but none of those things were available to anybody. So all of a sudden virtual became the thing. So I know all of us, you know, probably had our busiest months ever because it, we, we built up to the point where people had no choice. Virtual was it. Let's figure out, you know, what we can do best for our team wherever they are virtual. And what can we send them? You know, I know Alex, you know, sent out mixology kits. We sent out gingerbreads. We, we sent out gingerbread houses. I still have nightmares about the gingerbread. Yes, kit. yes. I, I, I don't think they're floating around somewhere. There's going to be someone this November that we'll get a gingerbread house from last year. <laughs> Well, before we can get even get into Christmas, we've got to get through October. I know last year for me, just with team bonding, that the the Halloween build was huge, uh, especially the week leading up to the actual date. I don't think there was a day I wasn't doing at least two to four events. What kind of things can we look forward to for Halloween this year? Anyway, well, for us, I mean, for us, we'll still we'll, we'll still do the same things. We'll do murder mysteries. We'll do pumpkin carving. We'll do CSIs. We'll do you know, certain things like that. But Halloween has become, at least in the U.S., you know, one of the most, if not the most popular holiday. And I think what we've all seen is that clients like to pick holidays to build their events around. Alex, what about Canada? What, what kind of thing? No, what kind it's of not as busy here as it is in the states. I mean, when I compare it to what I had growing up in England. It's it's 110% bigger than that in Canada. <laughs> but in comparison to America and the States, yeah, like, no, not even, I don't think it's as close in terms of clients wanting to celebrate it and do events. Um, You know, we've already got a few haunted, like the escape room haunted house that Catalyst do on the books, uh, ready to go. But um, yeah, like as I, I think I've mentioned a few times, the pumpkin carving kits going out and things like that, the, the Canadians, it would be interesting to see if um, there's interest there. Sharon, do you do the pumpkin carving as well? You know, we we have chosen to stay out of the kit business. Ah. Um, we Yeah, we basically just focused on events that we can do without sending people things and are have been focused there. And, and we really don't do a ton of holiday events because that's really not what our core business is. That's not what clients come to us for. So, okay. um, so we play on the periphery of holiday events, but you know we don't really focus on that extenuously, like you know, like some of our partners do. But what kind of things would you be seeing coming into the bottom half of the year then, even if we're not focusing on the particular holidays themselves? Yeah, I, I think what we're what we're going to start seeing is really I'm going to call them morale builders. They may or may not have a holiday theme, um, but folks are looking at the holidays to pump up their staff, to get people excited, to you know create some New Year's resolutions in a fun and interesting way to to really just hang and and be together. And if sometimes it has a holiday theme, sometimes most times for us it doesn't. It's really just more about 
uh, celebration and patting each other on the back and being together and sharing some time with family. So, David, do you when you're look when you're getting to this time of year, do you start looking for a particularly holiday themed or do you think how can we take what we have and make it holiday? I think, you know, right now we're kind of in, in knee deep in development mode. You know, what what do we have that can be turned into something that cl- that clients would like for the holiday? What can we find? What did we talk about last year that, w- that we didn't do? What worked? Mm-hmm. What didn't work? You know, like one of the things we did for, for Christmas, we did ice sculpting as a demo. Okay. It's a great event in person. It didn't work so well as a demo. <laughs> Hard so to ship, I would imagine. Well, we, try, we tried that. It's like, how, how can we ship ice? Can we ship ice cube trays? Is there anything we can do with it? <laughs> What else can you carve? But so we're looking at things that, that did work last year, things that didn't work last year, and just trying to get a, an array of interesting, worthwhile, fun activities. Alex, last year, did you have anything that worked so well you're looking forward to doing it again? Yeah, to me, so we get a mix of people. The larger groups we feel that are really, really good at the events where the activities where you're splitting people up because they're so big. Mm-hmm. having them all in one room together, which people want to do because that's what they're missing. Right. It just doesn't work in the virtual world because there's just too much feedback. There's too many people trying to talk at once. And it just, you end up feeling like you're, as a, as somebody who's part of those events, you feel like you're this tiny little speck on a screen and it's not very engaging. In fact, I think sometimes it has the opposite effect. So we found with the, the larger groups, it was really, really good to do the games the escape rooms, the the trivia, the race around the world, um, and those kinds of activities were in there in their smaller groups when you've got the group sizes of over 120. Mm. But the smaller group sizes, you know, like those sort of like 30 to 80, which are a really, really common group size, keeping everybody in one room, we found was getting the most social interaction and getting the best feedback. So we're really excited about doing those and being able to offer those again, you know, and they are the kits and classes. They are the sort of like the game time that we have, which is one of our eventology programs. It's Canadian Games Night. And that's, you know, we're just transforming that. To, at the moment, we're running it with a summer edition. Then we're going to be having the winter edition, which will be, um, which we're working on right now for the content. But it's the ones where you get the groups being able to have that banter, you know, as a whole group and not just being sat with five to six people throughout. So that's what we really, really get. Everybody gets excited about when Mm -hmm. we can um, deliver those and develop those. So, yeah. So bringing those back with a slightly different twist. So if people do want to repeat the same thing again, they can do something slightly different, of course. Yeah. I think the thing that's missing in in the virtual events is that I'm going to call it the cocktail party chatter. You know, it's the being able to just sit and have a drink and talk with folks. So, and you're exactly right, Alex, it's really hard in really large groups. So I think, you know, one thing that will be key this year to figure out is how do we, how do we give people free will to move around and talk to the people that they want to talk to and to, and to have those conversations, but in a semi-organized, semi-planned way so that they truly get what they're expecting out of it and they're not like popping into a Zoom room and no one's there or, you know. So I think trying to figure out how to how to orchestrate it so that they actually can move around, talk to people, have that, have that free conversation and then um, and then be guaranteed that they're gonna have, you know, that it's gonna be really worthwhile for them will be will be part of the key for this year one of the things we're trying to figure out it was interesting some of the um, some of the parties we had last year especially after like the mixology we had groups of people that were on there seven hours afterwards so we leave the zoom rooms open for people and you know at one point it was two o'clock in the morning 
And I came down and because um, we'd hand, we hand over the host facilities to the client and we don't obviously sit there listening right, in. Right. But, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd put my kids to bed. We'd all done dinner. I'd had a few drinks myself and I come back downstairs and there's still at least 10 people on the screen at two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right, all right. It's like kind of I think it's probably time to shut it down kind of thing. So it's, it's really interesting because that happens over and over and over again. Um, and it's really, really good to see because that's, I think, what people really need, as Sharon said, at the, in the holidays is that connection, you know, you know, where you go and pick people up off under the table where they've been drinking from the night before at the Christmas parties in the hotels that I feel like is the bit that people are really really missing so how you you can still get that in the virtual world we still are missing seeing people drunk (laughs) well kind of yeah (laughs) it's the British in me of course but um yeah no and I feel that that we actually did achieve that last year because I thought that that's what was really going to be missing because normally December for us when it's live in-person events it's actually one of the quietest times of year because people don't normally do team building activities in Canada they normally just go to a hotel book a table book a really nice you know like really they, they're all in their suites they have some drinks they have just food some entertainment a live band mm. they're not wanting us to go in there with our formula one cars and build them for <laughs> the holiday party it's not what they do here in canada they literally just have a festive holiday party at a, at a hotel with a dance floor so you know being able to actually replace that last year was really special because it was people needed it more than ever, and we were able to do something for them, which um, gave them gave them that back in a way. So it was really, really lovely. I think one of the things we missed last year was the charitable component. Mm. You know, prior to this year, you know, we did a lot of events that gave back to the community, whether we're giving kids bikes or giving uh, things to the military or doing something that gave back to the community. But because the pandemic, people have been so concerned with themselves and their families. They just don't have, they haven't had the same capacity to give to others. Right. We're starting to see that a little bit come back. And there's a new virtual program through Catalyst called Impact mm-hmm. that, uh, that offers that type of uh, opportunity for com- clients to give back to others. So I'm looking forward to seeing some more of that come back as the pandemic kind of wanes down and as the holiday season ramps up. Fantastic. Listen, guys, let me take a step away just for a real quick second and tell all my team out there about the Catalyst Team Building Network, an association of team building providers. With representatives in over 90 countries speaking more than 20 languages, the Catalyst Network is widely regarded as the voice of the team building industry. Network members share resources, best practices, and business opportunities. Catalyst partners are learning from each other and pushing the boundaries of what is possible in team building. Catalyst network members share a common goal of creating highly relevant, socially responsible, good value experiences for their clients. So for more information, please visit CatalystGlobal.com. The Catalyst Team Building Network, the world's largest network of team building providers. And we're back with Alex, Sharon, and David. Okay, we were talking about how people really love the getting together, but we're getting to the point again, unfortunately, where that seems to be less likely to occur. What can we offer them to make them still feel like that? There was a lot last year of the needing to have something because it felt like everybody was so few and far between and their conversations were just, as you guys were saying, just limited to little screens on a box. What can we give them that that makes them feel like, especially as they're moving into the holidays with one another, that they're going to be getting more? I think a, a, that's a lot of where the kits came in, you know, because the clients 
you know, their employees, their staff, their crew got something in the mail that connected them to Zoom, whether they got chocolate tasting or whether they got, you know, drinks or whether they got gingerbread or, or pumpkin carving kits, they got something. So it connected them to, it felt like the, the planner or the client could give something to their employees and then connect them all with the virtual events. So I imagine more things like that would be yeah, on our radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharon, what about you, since you don't well, offer the, the packages? Yeah, well, what I was going to say is if you think back to, like, neuroscience, you know, mm-hmm. the number one way we can be engaged as a person at, a, a, at any kind of function or in our, in our daily worlds is through conversation. We want to talk and we want to be heard, and, you know, so we want kind of both that thing. So, so I think the more we focus on events that create and stir conversation, you know, like Alex was talking about, maybe we just hang out and out after we've done whatever we're doing, or maybe we just create hangout parties, you know, and we just come and we find interesting and fun ways to spark conversations. And, um, and that's what the party is all about because that, that is the number one way that we engage. You know, I find it interesting that, you know, through this time, we've all sat on hundreds of webinars that talk about how to create virtual engagement. And I would say 99.87 of them say that the way to create engagement is to have higher quality production value. Well, higher quality production value is great for making me um, be able to see it better and it's clearer and it and it gives you a sense of a higher end production or a higher end meeting right but it doesn't connect me anymore it doesn't give me the ability to have a conversation and it doesn't let me participate in any way so i think that's the missing thing that we think about when we're thinking about how do we produce engaging events, whether they're holiday parties or meetings or whatever it is, is how do we allow people to participate and have a conversation? Because that is the number one way, according to research, that we actually connect and we actually feel like we are engaged. And that's how we define engagement. So what's the answer? How do we do it? I think Sharon's got a good point with this, Rich. Mm -hmm. Just the idea that the people that are producing these webinars are people that are you know, have higher production value. Their platforms, their various things like that. But right. what the advantage that Alex, Sharon, and I have is we are in the engagement business. All we've got to do now, and basically our job is to bring people together, to get them talking, to get them having fun, to get, you know, get them participating and playing together. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's where we've had the head, the head start because we already do that. It's just a matter of translating that to virtual. And I think we've all done that really well. But how? How did you do it? Well, like, give me an example of an event that you guys are proud of that does that for the audience. Alex, how about Escape the Blizzard or Escape the, the Mob? Both of those you, you worked on. Yeah, well, I mean, Escape the Blizzard came off the back of the fact that we did Escape the Mob. So we'll take, yeah, an, ex- an example. Escape the Mob was one of the most popular in, in, in during the live event times and in-person event times. It was one of the most um, popular escape room GPS scavenger hunts that we did here in Canada Um, and I think actually it was really popular across the world and it's a catalyst product and then you know when when obviously everything turned last at the end of last February or beginning of March we sort of sat there and we were like what are we going to do yeah and you either sit back you do nothing and you go down or you get a get on the back on the horse and get on it and within 
you know, I would say literally um, our team, I was very fortunate to be working with Dennis at the time who'd had quite a big part in the original Escape the Mob. And I said, you know, what can we do really quickly to get back out there? Yeah, it's not just a case of coming up with an escape room. It's what we do. David was mentioning is what we've done and what we've done for years and what we do best is it's not just coming up with an activity to give people to do. It's coming up with a way of getting people to communicate on different levels with each other. So you've got to make sure that every single person within that team, you're writing a game for different players. So where you've got an introvert in the real world, when you're in a hotel room, the introverts, they're kind of more forced into it because people are watching them Mm. and they feel that people are watching them. But in the virtual world, they can just switch their cameras off. Right. And they don't actually have to take part and they can sit back and you get the A-type personalities like, yeah, pick me, pick me, pick me. I'm going to answer everything. I'm going to make us win. But so it was, it wasn't just coming up with an activity in a game that people could play, you know, like downloading free games off of Google, which I'm seeing lots of. It's not that. It was a case of giving it a little bit more thought in terms of how do we engage every person with all the different personality types. Some people like breaking clues. Some people like singing on camera. Some people are really good at this. You know, you have to make sure that you incorporate all those different personality types and different engagement levels across the entire team. Mm. So when you've got a team of four people, everyone gets to do something and they actually have to do something. So that's what we did with Escape the Mob is we we broke it down into players. And so, and again, because it was so successful and all, every, all our clients kept coming back to us going, we want more of that. We want more of that. There's everyone was engaged, even if it was just a level of, what question have you got, Sid, kind of thing, you know, right, but right. like that, at least they had to ask what the question was. They might not have been able to help with the answer because their brain type, the personality type wasn't going to do that, but at least they had to give them the question. So there was something for them to do. And I feel that that, the way that we wrote the games and tackled everything and cat everyone and all the partners within Catalyst have been so good at that. And that's, as David said, we are the experts in engagement level. So yeah, writing the games and making sure that they fit for everybody to be able to actually participate Mm -hmm. and have a level of engagement. I feel that was really, really, really important in the virtual world and has been lost by many other people out there. So it's something that we've held on to strong that we now write most of our games whether it's race around the world, escape the blizzards, as we said, same thing. It's got the four you choose, whether you play one, two, three or four in your team and you all get different parts of the puzzle and you get to go and play it. So that was really key for us when we were turning into the virtual world was making sure that we have a different role on an individual level within your team. How did it work? How did it work when you when you were live? Because you said it was GPS driven. So for yeah, we were, but for my so, audience so when, who has never taken part in any of this. Right. So, I mean, you're normally, you turn up in a venue. And in fact, we ran one just last week in Toronto back live again. So <laughs> we're, we, and we've got another one. Uh, we've got another one going out on Friday. So what happens is, and that one's nice. hybrid. So we're sending out backpacks to everybody's offices and then they're opening their boxes. They're getting their team packs and off they go around their locals, local um, city. Hmm. But so what you, what you do is, yeah, you've normally got a backpack that's full of, all these really cool things like puzzles to fill in. You've got to do some algorithms. You've got some, sorry, I won't give you the answer in case anybody ever plays it. (laughs) Some roses to smell, for example, and you've got to, you know, there's actual real things and tangible things that turn up in your backpack and you're running around a city visiting the local tattoo shop and the local Italian restaurant. And you're actually going to these places in person as a team. There's no defined team role within that when you're doing it. That's the difference. You're just working as a team. One person's got the tablet in their hand. One person's 
was, you know, looking up to make sure that nobody with the tablet in their hand is going to walk off into the middle of the road without realising they're not looking where they're going, that kind of thing, you know. And it's no defined roles, but in the virtual world, we felt and we really realised that people need to be given a role almost mm. unless it's going in in the social situation anyway i think once you start going off into the training situation and you're looking to actually build some business tangible business objectives into it right. then sometimes leaving them to their own devices to create their own roles <laughs> is actually really good too sharon david are you guys seeing the same thing are, I, I mean are people finding these as positive even though they're stuck virtually doing them for the most part i say yes M- most people they might roll their eyes at the beginning, but they uh. do that with live events too. They show up and they're like, oh, another <laughs> team building event, you know, rolling their eyes. But then three seconds later, once you've kicked it off and got them engaged, then they're in it for whatever the story is and for whatever the, the mission is, whatever the goal you're trying to accomplish. And I think the same thing happens in virtual. You know, they may or may not want to do it, but when they actually show up at the end, they're going, yeah, I'm really glad I came. That was fun. So um, so so I think that, you know, the challenge, as always, is if it's an optional event, how do we get people to actually, you know, actually say, "Ah, I think I'm going to give that a whirl. I think I'm going to go see what that's all about. And um, obviously with drinking. (laughs) <laughs> it's a little easier, but, um, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's, that's always the key, no matter, no matter what, if it's an optional kind of an activity. It's always good to know, especially after what I've seen personally doing events virtually over the past year, that people at home always remember they can drink. This has not been something that has slipped their minds at all during any <laughs> events I've seen. <laughs> But let's Certainly. let's let's lean a little bit more back towards the holidays. David, give me give me something that's one of your favorites for like Christmas coming up. Oh God, for Christmas coming up, the murder mysteries. I've, I've really enjoyed the idea of the murder mysteries turning into something that's virtual. I, I wasn't sure that it was going to work, but I think people, you know, they're able to eat and they're able to drink and they're able to play a part and they're able to choose a character and they're able to somewhat simulate what they felt like when they were going to these type of dinners in person. Those type of things. I like the entertainment things, our virtual holiday party where they can choose their path. So, you know, 30 people can go into a game show, 30 people go into the races, 30 people can, you know, go into, uh, you know, another type of event and then they can switch. Uh, You know, we're we're working, you know, to do more options for that. So I I, I like the idea that there's movement where they, people can move. So instead of the rooms moving to them, right. they can move from room to room. So we're trying to take the technology and, and take the offerings and options and trying to give them as many options as they can for things that they haven't done. I think tracking back to what Sharon was saying, I think people are surprised how much fun these virtual events really are. I think initially they were very skeptical as far as, Oh, you know, you're going to put me in front of a Zoom and you're going to do, you know, this for how long? But I don't think any of us have seen Zoom fatigue. I think their events are engaging enough and enjoyable enough that I think they actually do look forward to. Because, you know, with last year, I think they had no idea what to expect. This year, they'll have a better idea of what is possible and they'll be able to choose based on their past experience. I don't know what things look like, uh, especially as far as COVID is, is concerned in Canada, Alex. But what would hybrid look like? Because right here in the, in the States, nobody has really in the government started talking about pulling the trigger about separating us back out again. Even though we have the Delta variant now that is raging strongly through a lot of the central and southern states. And Lambda is apparently now on the rise here. 
Right. Isn't that isn't that from Animal House? Isn't that the uh, one of those fraternities from Animal? That's, yeah, well, yes, yes, that's Greek, David. <laughs> that's how Greek works. <laughs> but Alex, what what would hybrid look like for you up there in Canada? So I mean, to be honest with you, I think hybrid is actually going to become a thing of the future anyway. Because I mean, people were starting to just on an environmental factor in Canada and the states as well. We're such huge countries that you know it was starting to become not very sustainable to fly people 4,000 kilometers from coast to coast to just have a night where they were going to booze up in a hotel. Like it, it's, it was actually becoming a little bit unpopular and not really the right thing to do in today's climate. So I actually feel that the hybrid probably would have come about eventually without this whole COVID situation anyway. Okay. Um, and I think it's here to stay. Um, and I've had so many... It's interesting because we've done a couple of hybrid events already. And um, as I said, sometimes it's sending kits out to different offices and we have a live virtual host mm. who, so he's up on the screen. He still doesn't have to travel, which is great for him. Um, <laughs> our, our team are like, yes, you know, we still can just do this from our bedrooms. It's brilliant. And then everybody's in person in the different locations. So that's what we're seeing happening mostly at the moment is that we're sending out a team bag with instructions um, on, you know, how to ship it back to us if we're ever going to see it again we'll find out some of those new there's such a new thing still that we still haven't had any of those bags back yet but we'll find out about that so yeah basically we're finding that our hosts are still in a virtual world where our client wants um team people like our event staff to turn up we can just send in event hosts and facilitators to uh, that are local to that specific office and people are doing that so um we've had it where we've had a client in toronto they've got a team in montreal a team in vancouver they all want to do the same activity so we literally just have a main host on the screen um, and then a couple of event staff turn up to that location to make sure the event set up and packed down is done. I had a lovely moment with one of David's uh, murder mysteries where we were doing it hybrid, whereas myself and the characters who were involved were all on screen and we were doing this to a college out in the Midwest where they were all in one room. <laughs> when we had to break them into teams, so they already had their own separate rooms, but the hilarious portion of it going to hybrid I'm used to the fact that when we, in Zoom, we'll send teams off into breakout rooms, I'm kind of done for half an hour until it's time to bring them back to see how well yeah. they all did. But the funniest part is on the hybrid, as the detective, I'm the only one on the screen. And they're looking at their notes and they're going over all the paperwork that we've sent them that they printed out for themselves or we sent to them. And then I had to remember that as part of the plot of it, I have to have had a conversation with people from the crime lab. So I had to then act like, oh, let me get on my phone and get away from my mic and have that conversation with the crime lab because people are looking at their notes and then looking up at me and then looking down the notes and looking back up at me. It makes for a very interesting experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our office services take this, but exactly the same way. They're all a bit <laughs> baffled by the whole situation, but then very pleased that we're not shipping them off here, there, and everywhere. As long as the audience is entertained. four hours in a vehicle just to run a two-hour event and then come back again, you know? It's, a, it's, it's, it's the better option. Uh, David, let's talk about financial viability of this. Which is easier financially to do, or which, let, let's say, is more cost-efficient? I think if you ask the three of us, and I'm just betting that all of us would prefer to stay in the virtual world. I mean, even even you as a facilitator would prefer yeah. to see you can do more work, make more money, and and travel less places Correct. in the virtual world. Correct. I think the experience honestly is better person in in person, face to face. I think people need that, want that, and we'll have that again. 
But I think other than the, you know, the, the, the health consequences to COVID, I don't think business-wise any of us are disappointed to be to stay in virtual for a few more months. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> Sharon, what about you? Yeah, yeah the, the interesting thing is in probably April or May, we were saying, man, if COVID could just, you know, if, if virtual could just not COVID stick around, if virtual would just stick around till the end of this year, that would be a, that could be a really interesting um, look at, you know, at, at not only how we do financially, but also at what the possibilities could be as technology continues to evolve, people continue to put money into it and keep going. And then we, and then June came. And then the phone started ringing off the hook, right? 75 to 80% of our calls were live events. We're going back live in in September. We're going back live in August. And so we were like, oh, well, so much for, so much for the virtual, (laughs) as a a primary business source, right? So much for that sticking around for very long. And now here we go back to, you know, the start of August and it's like cancel, cancel, cancel. So (laughs) virtual's back. So, so as much as it's been a roller coaster ride and a rocky road for planners, it's been the same thing on our side of trying to really be awesomely great partners for them and helping to give good advice and helping them to make decisions on what they do. And, you know, like David, we're doing the same thing. No matter what you do, we are, we are there by your side and we're going to work with you on that. So any cancellation policy things we have are pretty much out the door. You know, we work with people in whatever way, shape or form they need to be worked with. Right. Mm. So I, I just think it's interesting from, from that perspective, how things are just like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Okay, here we we go. Yes, exactly. Exactly. How is it? How are you guys maintaining that, though? Uh, If it is so up and down, if it is such a I don't know what next week is bringing, how are you guys able to maintain yourselves? We're pretending we're Canadians and drinking a lot. Yeah, it's we're it's okay. You're still in Florida, Sharon. You can say you're drinking a lot there. If she drinks a lot there, then she thinks she's in Canada. It works. Out just the same. It works. Right? It works. <laughs> Alex, what about you? How are, how is it that your that your company like? What's the what's the thing that is making this industry so viable still? Just the clients, the repeat clients. They know at some point to me, uh, you know, they're going to book you regardless, and we find that. It's, it's not obviously the same amount of money coming in, but then the overheads are so much less when it's a virtual world than an in-person world. So you're actually still making on a percentage level and profit level, you're still actually making the same amount of money, even though it's a lower figure. It's, it's interesting. I, I honestly think that, yeah, everything's still going to be here. Um, and we're now, you know, we're doing, people are doing the virtual events and live events for the same team at the same time. That's what we're seeing a lot of. And I think that's going to stick around. Like I was just saying before, you know, on a sustainable level, we had a company last week, they did their national conference with, you know, international conference online and had us come in for that. And then the very next week they had three or four different smaller teams that are all local with our teams out there in person. So it's, I see that actually going on until there's a complete lockdown happening. I think that's going to continue and that's going to keep going on. Um, But in terms of our staff and, they're all just ready, you know, they're all just ready. That is having staff that are adaptable, having a team around you that are adaptable. You know, it's not just about us and everything else being adaptable. It's actually the people around you and them on having an understanding of what's going out there and them sticking with you and going through it with you. If it wasn't for our team, it'd be hooped. 
basically (laughs) so yeah i'm just really really um humble to have you know um such a great team around us to support us through it all really and i think it's also shorter term decisions you know we can't make decisions in advance like we used to right you make it you know you're like a quarter at a time okay what's coming up next month what's coming Mm -hmm. up the month after that next june have no idea what it's going to be so your planning changes and your staffing changes and then your expectations change i mean you know, Rich, with us, I mean, we used to have warehouse people. Yeah. We were just about to have warehouse people again. We don't have warehouse people. So you have to, you can't make these giant leaps of faith. You have right. to do a little bit more calculated risk as a business and, you know, to try to figure out, you know, how to get to almost like a game board. You know, you're trying to get from here to there. Sure. You're not trying to get all the way. Yeah. How to grow and be prepared without getting caught with your pants down, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's you. When do you bring people in? When do you not bring people in? How do you how do you flux your staff for the ever changing needs that are, you know, that are kind of happening in the marketplace? So, yeah, I, I think one of the, the jokes that I say is when we were starting to do to do the more in person events, we've had to almost it's almost like we have secret agents living all around the country. We've had to reactivate them because they haven't we haven't seen them. <laughs> in here you know, we, I, we used to have someone in L.A. You know, is that person's in L.A. still available? What are they doing now? You just have to be adaptable yeah now before i go and find out what hooped means i want to ask you guys one last question oh actually don't i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about the north american version don't do that (laughs) okay then i need to edit that bit out having a think back on no uh, now it's staying in in north american terms yes much like david wants me to edit out the greek today (laughs) urban dictionary yep 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 we'll look it up but um i do want to ask (laughs) i want to ask each of you if we look to the future, because I want to I end this on a bright note. So let's look to the future. Let's look to the holidays. What are you most looking forward to? David, let's start with you. Oh, gosh. Uh, December was so crazy last year, but mm-hmm. it, was, it, kind of, it was crazy in a, in a way that was unexpected. So I'm looking forward to going into the holiday season with expectations of what could be. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that will change anything at all, but I, I think we, you know, at the end of December, I think we all just like, wiped our brows and go, Oh my God, what a ride. It was just, it was the craziest. Of, of was this really ever. only a month? I believe was our big, was our big response. And we had one day, you remember this day where you get 125 events in one day. Yep. That was more than we've had ever before in a month. Yep. All in one day. And it was because just, it was just insane. So I'm looking forward to going with the eyes open this time and seeing you know, how we can do. Excellent. Sharon, what about you? I'm looking forward to exploring and playing with some new ideas. Like David, I'm excited for the possibilities of lots and and lots of events. You know, every single client we love, every single client's a little different, even if we're doing the same program over and over and over again. They're the ones that make it special. They're the ones that make it fun. They're the ones that really, really bring it alive. So I, I think that's most what we're looking forward to is it just being another busy season with, you know, really the opportunity to have fun with some folks that really need some fun in their lives. Excellent. And Alex, they took two great answers. Let's see what you've got. I know. Mine is um, <laughs> mine is just reconnect to be you're having the opportunity to reconnect people that really, really need it out there. There's a lot of companies out there that will only get even in a virtual world, you know, they're only getting their people together like once or twice a year. And whilst they're not seeing everybody in the office every day, they don't see anybody. There's people out there that don't see anybody at all you know other than their work colleagues when they're going to the office so it's being able to have the opportunity to get that connection that human connection going um, and creating you know the relationships between people and being able to 
keep that going as within the human race almost i feel that it's a really really important thing for us going forwards as the next generation and um yeah being able to help where we can with that i think is is brilliant i'm also really looking forward to david getting on the phone to guinness world records and getting david to see if he can make that official this year because I reckon it probably would have won something last year. Oh, I don't know. The Guinness Book of I, World Records, I got a good long story. For, and I think Sharon has the same story with the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, Record. I can tell you stories about them, but we won't go there. <laughs> oh, interesting, because they're my old work colleagues from England. <laughs> so I would love to hear all oh, about the podcast, Rich. My best friend. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was How not to friend. do business. <laughs> that, that sounds like a completely different podcast, though. But, that sounds like a great conversation guys (laughs) off off the camera yes (laughs) i don't know if i'm going to be able to keep this in but i hope i can hey guys (laughs) thanks so much for coming on board today alex if there's anybody else out there who is looking is you know in the canadian area and looking for eventology where can they find you what do you mean? Just online? Yeah, yeah. What, what's the address? Where, where can they go? Oh, www.eventology.ca. Pretty sure. I'll also. That's the after the after. That's say, after the sure. show, David. That's also <laughs> off camera. But so eventology.com. Dot ca. Dot ca. Eventology.ca or catalystteambuilding.ca. Yeah. Fantastic, Sharon. Uh, Playwiththepurpose.com. And of course, David. Teambonding.com. Fan. Fantastic. Guys, this was a great conversation. A lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Team, give them some love one more time. The three musketeers of North America, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys have enjoyed being here as much as I've enjoyed having you. And um, now I want to do... You guys will get this because each and every one of you, as Sharon was saying earlier, know about that feeling you get when you tell somebody you're getting them together for a team-building event And the first thing they have to do is roll their eyes like, oh, it's time for another one. Well, I kind of built this part of the show to be revenge for those people because it's time for my speed round. I've added cheese. Now, David is familiar with this, having been on the show last season. What this basically is is 60 seconds of questions. There's going to be music playing that lasts for 60 seconds. In that time, I'm going to ask you a series of completely innocuous, off-the-cuff questions. Your objective is to try to answer as many as you can as fast as you can. The number to beat, if you guys are feeling competitive at all, is 13. Now, if I ask you specifically by name, you have to be the one to answer. If I don't ask anyone specifically by name, it's whoever answers first is answering for the team. You guys got it? Got it. Fantastic. Once the music begins, so will the questions. Good luck to you all. Here we go. Sharon, who would you like to see play you in a movie? Uh, Sally Field. David, who's the funniest person you know? You are, Rich. Alex, which TV family is most like your own? Braves from England. Okay. Sharon, when you're having a bad day, what do you do to make yourself feel better? Go for a walk. What do you think is the greatest invention of all time? The iPhone. Okay. Uh, David, what's the most courageous thing you've ever done in your life? Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Drawing a blank is it is. 
Uh, Alex, <laughs> do you have any pets? Any dead ones. <laughs> Sharon, do you have any kids? No. Don't, don't give the same Learn answer. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not give the same answer as Alex just did. Oh, my friends, you did eight. Eight all together, the three of you. Well done. Oh, dear. <laughs> and one more time, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, David. And thank you, team. That, once again, wraps up another episode of Team Building Saves the World. One more time for those of you out there who have been a longtime fan of the podcast, or if you're brand new to the podcast and just like what you've heard today, please be sure to share this amongst your friends, amongst your colleagues, amongst everyone you know. Tell them they can find Team Building Saves the World wherever you find your favorite podcast. iPlay, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere in the world there are podcasts, you will find us there. You can also find us in all of our episodes at teambonding.com forward slash podcast. And please look at look forward to look at all of those and enjoy them. Uh, you can find even David's podcast from last year, where he's still in top ten of all the episodes we have ever done in both seasons. So congratulations to you on that, David. And can I also say congratulations on the forty seventh anniversary of your bar mitzvah, David Goldstein? Well done. You have been a man now for over forty seven years. That's you. And as always, my friends, before we say our final farewells, please always remember, no matter where you are out there in the world, whether it's Canada, Southern U.S., U.S., wherever, if you are now within the sound of my voice, you are going to be on my team, and I am forever going to be on yours. So as you go forward in your lives, please always remember us. Thank you for coming, and enjoy the rest of your day. Goodbye, everybody. It's been said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your coworkers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.